You're listening to Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. President Trump has expressed no concern over climate change as he pursues his goal of American dominance in the energy market and streamlining the approval process for environmental reviews of major projects. It's called one federal decision. Requires agencies to work closely together to promptly deliver one decision. Yes, the entire process will be completed. The entire federal government approval process will be done. But federal courts have been faulting the Trump administration for its lack of concern about climate change. And the administration has a string of court losses to prove it. Time and time again, federal judges have rebuked the Interior Department for selling drilling rights or advancing oil projects without considering the real consequences to a warming planet. Joining me is environmental law professor Pat Parento of Vermont Law School. So, Pat, explain why federal judges have criticized the Interior Department six times since Trump became president. Most of these cases have been brought under the National Environmental Policy Act, of course, now 50 years old, our Magna Carta, as they say, of environmental law. And what's striking about this spate of cases is that either the Trump administration and the Department of Interior haven't learned anything over the last three and a half years, or they learned, but they're not going to change their ways. So they continue the same mistake, which is NEPA requires you to look into the future and assess the cumulative effects of all of this oil and gas leasing, not only the direct effects of the leasing itself on water and air and wildlife habitat, but also, of course, the climate effects of continuing to develop all this fossil fuel and burning it, both coal and gas. And the pattern is absolutely clear. The courts have said over and over again, you have to make your best estimate of what the impact of all of this leasing and drilling and production is going to have In light of the science, the climate science, which is telling us we can't keep burning all this stuff, we've got to leave much of this in the ground, and yet you seem oblivious to what the science is saying and to the effects that are threatened by this. So the courts have been really clear. There's no mystery about what the Department of Interior should be doing. They're just adamantly refusing to do it. Is it that the agencies are leaving out the climate change part of the equation when they're dealing with more traditional environmental concerns? Largely, that's true. In some of these cases, some of the impacts on wildlife habitat, for example, the uh, sage grouse, which is a highly threatened bird that's an indicator species for the sagebrush ecosystem, right? And like all these habitats, it's being destroyed by lots of different activities, grazing and mining and so forth. But oil and gas is a big part of that threat to that particular species. So in some cases, you're going to find decisions saying you've got to take account of the cumulative loss of habitat to threatened species. But for the most part, these cases are all about the cumulative loading of the atmosphere with carbon dioxide and methane and these other greenhouse gases. And the courts are also saying you've got to conduct what's called a social cost of carbon. You're touting the benefits of all of this oil and gas development, of course, Trump's energy dominance agenda. You're quick to point out all the economic benefits, like the revenues that have been generated by all this development to the government, but you're not counting the costs. You're not acknowledging that all of this development does come not only with an environmental cost, but with an economic cost. 
Because one thing we know about getting a handle on climate change is the longer that you delay it, the more expensive and difficult and at some point impossible it becomes. So that's another thing the courts are pointing out. You have to be fair and balanced in your analysis. Benefits, yes, but costs as well. Are the courts consistent in this application, or are some courts more conservative and perhaps not going as far as other courts? No, this is one where the courts are absolutely consistent. There's no split of authority in terms of what does the NEPA require of the kinds of analysis that's been missing? No, all of the courts are in agreement on this. And interestingly, the judges that are involved here, you might think that they were all, quote, Obama judges. They're not. One of them is actually a Trump-appointed judge. Another one is a George W. Bush appointee. So this is not a partisan judicial issue. This is all the courts looking at every single one of these cases and all of them concluding, you're just not doing what the law that's been on the books for 50 years requires you to do. You're not even following your own regulations in many cases. You're trying to fast-track this development, push your way through the law, cut corners, ignore impact. And now the Trump administration is trying to gut NEPA itself through this Council on Environmental Quality, which is, I guess, a misnomer at this point. They're proposing to radically alter the rules to implement NEPA and eliminate things like considering cumulative effects. It's just stunning what's being proposed. So is this just the Trump administration or was the Obama administration also at fault in this regard? I would have to lay some of the blame on Obama. He was the first president to really ramp up oil and gas development. At the time, the thought was that natural gas was a much better alternative to coal, which is true in many respects. It's probably not as advantageous as some have claimed because we don't know what the rate of loss of methane leakage is. But put that aside, Obama definitely leaked a lot of these areas that have now been challenged and put on hold. So there's blame to go around for sure. It isn't just a Trump issue, but it's also true that Trump has radically ramped up the amount of leasing and has failed to take account of the constant message from the courts that you're doing it wrong. And if you're going to do this, at least do it in accordance with the law. So, Pat, is this not only about developing fossil fuels, but also about Trump's deregulatory agenda? It sure is. These proposed changes to the NEPA regulations is all part of the what I would characterize as an assault on the foundations of environmental law. There are now 100, 100 different proposed rollbacks of rules and policies and guidelines not only just ones that were adopted during the Obama administration, but going all the way back, as I said, all the way back to the beginning of the National Environmental Policy Act, the beginning of the Clean Water Act. We're now seeing proposals to limit the ability of states to protect their water quality because the Trump administration is concerned that some states are using that authority to block pipelines and coal terminals and other fossil fuel infrastructure. What the states are saying, of course, is we've been using this authority Congress gave us for four decades. And along comes the Trump administration and says, no, we're going to change the rules of the road on that as well. So it's all part of the deregulatory agenda. Have these court defeats jeopardized any high-stakes oil development plans on federal land? I think it has to have had some effect 
on the ability of these companies to weather the downturn in demand for gas. There's a glut of gas on the market and oil for that matter. And a lot of these companies are looking at some pretty serious losses and even potential bankruptcies or reorganization type bankruptcies. They've been counting these companies on ready access to federal lands at very favorable rates through these auctions. And if they can't get access to relatively cheap and easy to access oil and gas on public lands, they're going to have a hard time making it financially. At least that would be my view of it. So, Pat, is it that the federal agencies see problems and just ignore them, or do they minimize them, or do they not even look for them? Well, they certainly are looking for every way to avoid these lengthy, detailed analyses, and, and, and I don't want to underestimate um, the fact that it does take time and effort and modeling and data collection to do this kind of analysis. It's not a back-of-the-envelope kind of thing. So, it, you know, the agencies are, are anxious to not have to go through that lengthy, complex, detailed analysis that saves them time. They can get these auctions for these leases up quicker and sell them and move on to the next one. So that's part of it. Some of it is they're trying to take advantage of some of the loopholes that are in the law. There's things called categorical exclusions and a variety of other potential ways to dodge some of these more detailed analyses. So they're doing that as well. But the most striking thing to me is that they are just absolutely refusing to follow the direction that multiple courts have given them. Um, You know, the judges have written 30, 40, 50 page opinions laying out what the law requires, how you should try to uh, comply with it, acknowledging the complexities and the challenges, giving the agencies some discretion and flexibility, but clearly laying out a blueprint for what they need to do if they want to prevent themselves from being stopped in court and sued repeatedly. And yet, despite all that, the agencies continue to repeat the same mistakes. It's the very definition uh, of insanity, you know, repeating, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. A drafted final rule under review at the White House would narrow the scope of agencies' environmental reviews under NEPA. So is it exactly what the courts have said not to do? That's true, and those proposed changes the NEPA are also, of course, going to be litigated. And the Trump record in court is the worst in history. New York University's Institute for Policy Integrity tracks every single one of the cases uh, that are challenging all of these rollbacks. And their box score shows that the Trump administration has lost over 90% of the cases where they've been challenged. So with regard to this proposed changes to the NEPA regulations, we're going to see a repeat of what we've seen before, I predict, which is the courts are not going to stand for it. These these rules, again, have been on the books for 50 years. There are literally thousands now of court decisions interpreting, applying, the rules of the road under NEPA. And all of a sudden, this administration comes along and says, forget all of that. 
we're going to change all of that. You're not going to have to consider these cumulative impacts because we know that takes too long and we don't want to wait for that kind of analysis. We want to press forward with our energy agenda without that. So even though the Trump administration is losing in court with the analyses they're doing today, they're counting on a change in the rules so they won't have to do that in the future. But I don't think that's going to happen either. And all it leaves us with is a lot of uncertainty for the industry, for the public, for the communities that are affected by all this development. Um, it just leaves us in a chaotic situation. And I hate to say it, but it appears to me that this administration really is not concerned about that. They, in fact, sort of welcome the chaos, it seems. Joe Biden has said that if he wins the presidency, he's vowed to stop new oil, gas and coal leasing on federal lands. Now, how difficult would that be to do? Legally, he could do that. Politically, he's got to take account of the fact that in places like New Mexico, oil and gas revenues are a huge part of that state's economy. And even with a progressive governor, uh, Lujan, uh, in, in office, uh, who's trying to bring New Mexico into a cleaner, less dependent on fossil fuel, that can't happen overnight, right? So I think what the Biden administration is going to find is the job of shutting down or phasing out, if you want to put it that way, oil and gas development on public lands is going to prove more difficult uh, than it may seem right now. In a campaign, it's easy to say what you're going to do, but obviously uh, reality <laughs> intrudes at some point. But legally, legally, there's no question but what um, the Biden administration um, could do is to say, we are going to not we're not going to offer any more leases and they can start it in different probably areas of the west um and obviously it's going to have to be accompanied by some kind of call it stimulus package if you will but some kind of economic assistance to these states and communities that are so dependent on coal like wyoming and on gas like new mexico so it's going to have to be obviously part of a much bigger transition efforts and simply stopping the leasing. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has been forced to suspend its fast-tracking of pipelines. Does that connect to this? Are the, are the reasons similar or different? They, they're similar and different. The, the Corps of Engineers has what are called nationwide permits. One of them, number 12, is designed to facilitate construction of pipelines and other sort of linear projects, uh, uh, transmission lines and things like that. Uh, so th- that kind of permit process, which is a sort of a streamlining permit process, that's been on the books for a long time. But it's also true, again, that under the Trump administration, the, the Corps of Engineers is cutting corners. Um, they've been stopped repeatedly. The Keystone XL pipeline has been stopped again. The Dakota Access pipeline has been well, it's, it's, it's actually constructed and operating, but the, the, the courts have said the Corps of Engineers' analysis of the risks from that pipeline are inadequate under NEPA and have to be done again. And that judge, Judge Boasberg, in the D.C. District Court, is considering whether or not to actually stop the flow of oil through the Dakota Access Pipeline, which would have obviously be a huge blow 
to the company and the people dependent on that uh, that project. So, you know, all of these different corner cutting moves are catching up, I would say, with the Trump administration. Thanks, Pat. That's Pat Parento of the Vermont Law School. And that's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso. Thanks so much for listening. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.